0: Before we get into the heart of everything that we're going to be talking about for the next few moments, I want you to just think about it and just pause for a moment, and when you really consider so much that is in and around your life uh, on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, I think all of us know that basically anything that touches our lives for the most part is very shakable, it's very shakable, and so many of you have experienced this personally in your own life, maybe sort of the career track that you are on, maybe... Uh, it's in the area of your vocation where you've just been rocked and uh, you thought that the job that you had was going to be the job that you were going to have for a long time or the position that you were going to have was going to be the position that you were going to have for a long time or the pay or the benefits and then your world got rocked. I was uh, in a conversation over the phone with a family just this past week and uh, a gentleman and I'm praying for him He'll go into his job tomorrow and how he thought things were going to be in the company that he's worked for is not going to be that same anymore and he'll find out. The details. What does that look like? And some of you have experienced that where there was a repositioning in a company that you work for. Some of you, you started a business, you had a great idea and you had a good profit uh, going for a long time. Everything, profit margin, was moving in the right direction. But then something came along and rocked. Maybe it was the economy several years ago that just rocked your business. And you've been working hard ever since to recover from that. Maybe some of you are working, doing everything you need to know that you needed to do. And it wasn't through any fault of your own. It wasn't because of chronic, you know, absenteeism. It wasn't because you weren't doing a good job or because you're not smart. It's just because of the nature of changing business and transition that happens. You know, the industry, it seems, is dramatically changing at all times. Maybe just along the way, you, you got terminated from your job, and you got, or you got laid off. And they said, well, well, eventually, we'll get around, and we'll call you again when business. Well, if that, something like that happens to you, it just rocked your world because you thought that you, vocationally speaking, were on this path but you're not on that path anymore. For some of you, it's not really been in your vocation. It's not been in your uh, career. It's not been in your business, but it's been along the areas of your health where you've got a test report back. And ever since that test report came back, everything about your life has been totally different. It's been totally changed. And it's like, okay, here's how it's going to be treated. Here's what I've got to go through. I hope there's going to be a good outcome. Well, you just fully expected that you were going to be in health for the longest time. Uh, Again, I know know I'm quite well recently, they just said, you know what? I was doing everything that I knew that I needed to do. I was eating right. I was exercising. I was taking care of my health. And then boom, out of nowhere, this is what happened to me. And it just rocks your world when something like that happens. Or some of you have just said, you know, it seems that I don't have as much energy as I used to have, or I've got pain in my body. Now I'm at the age now, I used to hear people talk about sometimes they would wake up with an ache or a pain. And I used to thought, no, that's not really happening. And now I realize that really does happen. And, uh, you know, I used to could play 18, 36 holes of golf and like, I'm ready to go again tomorrow. And I I did that recently. I played 36 holes of golf in one day and it was about 90 degrees. And then the next day I thought, you know what? Um, I don't feel like playing 36 today. And it was like, wow, you know, things are changing. Or maybe you've gone through a time where you've had an injury, something that's occurred to you. Well, that, you know, there's so many things in our life that can be shaken. You may have walked through a, a shakeup in a relationship. Maybe maybe you, you've come uh, to a time where a marriage has been dissolved. And this person that you got married to, you went into that marriage thinking you were going to be in that marriage for the rest of your life. You were going to spend all of your days with him or with her. And, and now you just, your head maybe is still spinning because you're like, how do we go from there to here? And how do we end up a divorce? How's my family so fragmented? You know, you never anticipated that engagement to be broken off, but now it's broken off. Or, Or maybe there's a friendship that implodes. Or maybe there's a huge chasm that now exists between you and your parents or you and your kids. And it's just got rocked. And that's like life. I mean, so many things that are are in and around our lives and impacting our lives, week to week, month to month, year to year, are shakable kinds of things. You know, used to, we would never think about, uh, never think about, um, you know, a terrorism. I mean, for most of my life, I never gave consideration to that. How many of you know when you're getting ready to go to the airport and, and fly out, you know, this is your uh, departure city and you're going somewhere that, that you don't get to the airport as easily as you used to. I mean, I grew up in Atlanta. Some of you don't like the Atlanta airport and I understand that. That's, the Atlanta airport is bigger than most cities, or at least it seems that way. And, uh, man, you could used to walk into the airport or any airport, go right. And, and now I'm like, I've got to get to the airport, you know, especially if I'm flying out of Atlanta. You feel like the, the line just to get through security is a mile long. And you see, we never worried about that kind of, that kind of thing. Uh, tomorrow morning, real early, uh, Nicole, our daughter-in-law, will fly back with our, you may want to pray for her. She flies back to Illinois by herself with a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a nine-month-old. How many of you know she needs some prayers? How many of you believe her papa ought to go, you know, their papa ought to go with them? Ought to go with them. Uh, that's what I, I think, that's what I think too. And, uh, but so I've already thinking ahead of time, get up real early, take them to the airport. Just how far can I go? Used to, you could go. I remember a time when my aunt was flying to check on my uncle who was very ill over in the, um, over in uh, Thailand and it very sick. We weren't even certain that he was going to survive. I met my aunt at the Atlanta airport and, um, you know, they actually not only let me walk her back to the gate, they let me walk my end onto the plane. Can you imagine that? Now, I, I know that happened before some of you were born, but that's what you could do in the good old days. But things have changed. I mean, you you think of terrorism now. I mean, uh, most of us will never forget, and we've seen it replayed, the images of, you know, airplanes crashing into, uh, you know, twin towers. And, and, you know, everything it seems around us is shakable. And it's so much easier actually to think of things that can be shaken rather than those things that cannot be shaken. So much can. The economy, the stock market, money, international relationships, politics has always been. I mean, just everything is topsy-turvy. And I think that in many ways, we're affected by this emotionally. You see, most of us have these up moments and we have down moments and we're affected by so much that's going on around us. And I think a lot of it is because at times we just don't feel secure anymore. In, in the city where I grew up, which I just mentioned a moment ago, I, I love, my favorite amusement park at that time, it's not anymore, but at that time was Six Flags Over Georgia. And I know there's Six Flags Over Texas and stuff. There's a lot of copycats in the world. Well, I, I just, no, I, I didn't mean that. That just came out. I just, I thought of it as I heard myself say it. But Six Flags Over Georgia. Any of you have ever been there? Six Flags Over Georgia? Have you? You've, some of you are blessed by God. Others of you, you've missed out on a. Real treat. Well, they had. I don't even know if it's in existence anymore. If it is still in existence, I wouldn't ride it because it'd be way too old. But they had this ride called the Scream Machine. The Scream Machine. It was applicable. Uh, you may have rode it if you ever went there, and it, it was really enticing. It was real gentle. You went up this very steep hill, and you would just climb it so slowly, you'd hear the click of the tracks. Just click and you were just easing up, easing up. And you're thinking, the screen machine, there's nothing to it. I remember thinking that. I remember thinking that the very first time that I wrote, there's nothing to this. Why the big deal? And you're just going up. And, but then you get to the top and they pause. And right afterwards, you're going to see your life flash before your eyes. Because when it comes down the other side, what you, you have a couple of sensations going on. Number one, your face is blown to the back of your head, the by impact. And then it actually feels, because you're going down so steeply, you just think that if you're in the front of the roller coaster, that the back of it is going to flip over the top just any second now. And I mean, you're just, I mean, it fits. You are screaming, the scream machine. But there was one there that I really liked and I'm sure it's not even there anymore. But you would get in it they'd they'd count a certain number of people and and it was a big circle and it went quite high and everybody would sort of get shoulder to shoulder just like this. And it it too would start out slow and it would start spinning. Once they shut the door, it starts spinning and spinning and spinning and faster and faster and faster and faster. And then all of a sudden you would look and you would see, you know, because you were always watching the people across from you, you could see the floor dropping out from everybody. And so they're standing against the wall and the floor is this far below their feet. I mean, it's just, but because of the force, you're not moving, you're not sliding down with it. There is something that will happen to you because of the centrifugal force and the way the movement's going. If you happen to throw up, you know what happens. (laughs) Puke comes right back in your face. It's a real treat. Didn't happen to me, but uh, it's fun watching happen to other people. It really just makes the ride all the more better. And life is like that. It just seems like at times, man, I'm just, I'm going down this hill and I'm out of control. The floor is dropping out from underneath me. Have you ever found that life can be much like that? And you probably have because everything in life is so shakable. There's a mother, I was reading about her some time ago who described how God was helping her to recover from the loss of her son who was actually killed while he was riding, her bi- while he was riding his bicycle. And I want you to listen. And I'm going to quote her verbatim as to what this dear mother said. She writes, when I received the news, talking about her little boy, when I received the news, she said, I intentionally fell to the ground and I held on to the ground. And she then told why, because it was the only thing that was not spinning at that moment. And that made sense to you as a parent or a grandparent. It was the only thing. When I got the news of what had happened to my little boy, I fell to the ground, I grabbed the grass, and I held on because it seemed that was the only thing that was not spinning at that moment. So what do you do while living in a world where shakeups are common for all of us? What do you do in a world like that? Can you feel secure? I mean, can we really, really feel secure Uh, when we like go through an emotional crash or the floor drops out from under us or we get rocked so hard that it seems that everything around us is spinning and out of control. I mean, what do you do in times like that? Because if you're not there, and I don't want to discourage you, I'm just trying to be a realist here and it's hard for me at times because I'm such a positive person, but I want to be a realist. And that is, if you're not at a place like that right now, thank God for that, number one. But then secondly, just know that at some point in your life, some way, somehow, Some arena of your life is probably going to get rot, and you're going to be wondering "What what do I do now? Where do I go from here? And fortunately, the Bible has an answer to why do we feel, uh, what do we experience, why can we cling to, what do we reach for when it ser- seems that everything around us is out of control? And I want you to take a look at a couple of verses. These are two of my most favorite verses in all of the Bible, and I want you to look at them with me uh, right here. This is out of Hebrews, and, and look at what the writer says. Therefore. Therefore, and we're not going to go back, you know, look at what was set up to that. But therefore, and uh, I like the way Rick Warren uh, says this. He says in the Bible, anytime you see the word therefore, uh, just think about this. What is it therefore? And so there's something leading up to this. And then it says, the writer says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, this is very, very important. You cannot miss this. This will help you. This will help you to level out. This will help you to feel some sense of security. Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be what? shaken. We are receiving, we belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us be what? Thankful and let us Worship God acceptedly with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And those are amazing verses to me. I read them many, many years ago, and they've just stuck in my mind all these years. And I want to stop here for just a moment and get you to think about something that you belong to, that you're a member of in your own life. What do you, What do you belong to? I mean, uh, the writer here is saying, "Hey, you belong to a kingdom, a kingdom, by the way, that cannot be shaken." And when you start thinking about what do you belong? belong to, everything that you probably belong to can be shaken in some way. You know, are, are, are you a member of anything? Are you a part of anything? Um, you know, I think about that. In fact, while I was working on this talk, I just went through my wallet and started looking at the cards that I'm a member of. And I, I, I looked through and I said, well, well, look at here. I'm a member of Sam's Club. What about that? I'm a member of Sam's Club. And I just kept digging around and I said, what, what about that? I'm a member of LA fitness and, uh, kept digging a little bit. What about that? I I still had my PGA tour card. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe that was in, maybe I was dreaming that, you know, maybe I thought I saw that. But uh, you know, you just think about. I think about as a minister. I belong to a particular denominational affiliation. I'm a member of that 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 uh, governing body, that denomination. I'm a member of Victory Church. I'm a citizen of the United States of America. And you know, you just start going. What do I belong to? What am I a part of? And then I love the way the writer says, "Hey, when you think about everything that's in and around your life, everything that touches your life, again, day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, what part of your life?" Is unshakable, and you and I would pause and say, Well, there's not a whole lot. Most everything that we're a part of is shakable, except, the writer says, the kingdom of God, which cannot be shaken. Now, when you think about that and you realize that you have confessed your sins. Because you don't just have, you know, easy access. I mean, it's easy because of what Christ did. It's not easy to just say, hey, I belong to this kingdom just because I'm a good person or because I was born in America or I believe in God. But if you have truly confessed of your sins... You told God that you're sorry for them. You open your life to God's grace and forgiveness. Then the writer of Hebrews is telling us that you and I are bona fide members of a kingdom as we just saw on the screen. A kingdom, by the way, that is not only unshakable, a kingdom that is not of this world. Now, there's a couple of more verses that I want you to take a look at. This is from the great church leader, Paul. And I want you to look at what he said to some believers living in a place called Colossae. Look at what he says here. He said, talking about God, for God has rescued us from a kingdom that we were a part of. God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, and he transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. It's this kingdom that we're talking about now, a kingdom that cannot be shaken And how did that happen? Because God purchased our freedom and God did what? He forgave our sins. So you have to just say, all right, how did I get into that kingdom? I love what Philippians 3.20, it's not on the screen, but Paul says uh, to a different group of believers, he says, we are citizens of heaven. So if you're a follower of Jesus, and this is the point that I want you to make, uh, you know, in your own mind, you know, when you start ticking off the list, well, maybe you're a member of Sam's Club. Maybe you have a membership at wherever. Maybe you're a member of this club, this organization. You just go right down the list. And when you have confessed your sins and received Christ as the Savior and the leader of your life, you also have a membership. You have a citizenship, the Bible says, in heaven. So if you're a Christ follower, you may exist for the time being. I want you to think about this now. You may exist for the time being in a domain where virtually every single thing can be shaken, but while you are in this world and all of us are, you are also you need to keep this in mind now friends you're also vitally connected to an invisible kingdom that in no way no shape, no how can ever be wrought. This kingdom is the embodiment think about this now of remarkable stability it really is of remarkable stability but but then you know we back off and say all right. Pastor Jeff, I'm, I'm with you to a certain point. I hear what you're saying, but what does that mean about, about crime? Because that's a reality. What does it mean about poverty? What does it mean about disease? What does it mean about terrorism? And we're thinking about all these things. Obviously, we are. And uh, last, last night, I mean, just in one night, I dreamed. I don't know all that I dreamed. Any of you ever dream at night, all right? And so I dreamed just last night. This was just last night. I dreamed uh, two things. Uh, so, apparently, my mind was working about something. Number one, I dreamed that uh, there were tornadoes coming, and we were told to cover all of our windows, but I didn't have time because I was busy. So, I dreamed, oh, I mean, where did that come from? And the other thing I dreamed, which is probably more likely, I dreamed my iPad got stolen. <laughs> Why? I have no idea. Maybe it's because we live in a world where things are so shakable that you're just saying, well, all of these things are going on in my life. Oh, so many things are going on in this world. So many things are going on in, in the United States. You see, the reality is the composites of this world, all of these things are vulnerable. All of these things are shakable. But what biblical writers want us to know, that in the meantime, while we're a part of the world that can be shaken, where things do get rocked, that all in the same time, and this is where you've got to find encouragement. This is where you've got to find your bearings. This is where you've got to find your security. When everything around you is spinning and seems out of control, you've just got to grab hold of something instead of yourself and say, But you know what? I am a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I love what Eugene Peterson says so good, so insightful. Guys are going to put it up here on the screen. Look at what he writes. He said, biblical writers, help us to remember everything doesn't depend on me. I want to do a timeout right there. For some of you, you coming today just to see that statement along is enough for you. That's all you needed today. That's all you needed today. Now, I don't want you to leave, all right? But that's, if, if you just saw that one thing, biblical writers, help us to remember everything doesn't depend on you. Isn't that good to know that you're off the hook in that regard? Whole world doesn't depend on you and it doesn't depend on me. Let's look at what he has. He said, I go to sleep and God goes to work. So let's stop there for just a moment. When I was a kid growing up and I'd get afraid at night, i talked to you about that recently. You know what? Sometimes this is so weird. This is so strange, but this is just the way my little mind worked. I'd be afraid but as long as I knew somebody was up, my mom was up, my dad was up, my grandparents were up, my aunt, somebody was awake, then I could go to sleep so much more secure. I, I, I don't know why. I don't, I don't know if I was thinking, you know, uh, as long as they're awake, the boogeyman right outside the door is not going to be able to come in because I don't know why I was thinking about that. But as long as somebody was awake, it just helped to bring some sense of security to, to my little heart. Now, Uh, Eugene Peterson says, I go to sleep, and what does God do? Does God go to sleep? No, he does not. God goes to work. It's his day. The world, he says, keeps spinning. Tides ebb and flow. Lives begin and end, even though I'm not there to superintend any of it. And he writes, God is present even when I sleep. Think about that. Does that encourage you? Does it? Does that give you a sense of security that God, God never says, hey, you know what? I'm really worn out. I need to take a nap. I just need to go to sleep. I, uh, I brought my uh, two little granddaughters to a movie here yesterday, and we sat, not in this theater, but we sat pretty far back, and, you know, they were in, enjoying the movie. It's been a busy week, sort of coming back and uh, getting back in the flow of things from vacation, so uh, I've had a pretty hectic pace, and I, I sat in the back with them. In fact, I watched the movie. Both of them sat in my lap, you know, the whole, the whole time, so that was going to keep me awake. But I, I, I've got to tell you, even though I had my granddaughters, and Nicole, don't get nervous about this. I stayed awake, but there were times I just felt myself like, and I'll stay with it. Stay with it. You know, you can't, if it was just you, you got to stay awake, these babies. And uh, so, but you know, friends, God never says, Hey, I'm really tired. I'm really worn out. I'm just going to leave it up to you guys. You know, I'm going to let the kids play. I'm going to sleep. God doesn't do that. God's not going to sleep on your situation. I don't know what you're walking through. I really don't. I don't know what you're faced with. I don't know what you're afraid of. I don't know what has you under stress right now. I don't know how, what has you under pressure, uh, a, a relationship, finances, knowing what you've got to face when you get back to work tomorrow. Maybe you've got some meetings tomorrow or a meeting that you're just already dreading. Maybe there's something pending and you're not sure. I, I, don't, I don't know what you're faced with right here, right now. But this is what I want to assure you of. Listen now, God has not gone to sleep. He's awake. And if you're his follower, you're part of a kingdom that just can never get shaken. It cannot get rocked. Now, the Hebrew writer interjects some steps of action that all of us need to take. And he says, hey, knowing that we belong to such a, a remarkable." unrockable, immovable kind of kingdom. Then he said, as a result of that, I want you to do two things because God wants you to do two things. He says, when you consider that, when that really sinks in, that yeah, a lot of things are crazy around you, but you're a part of an unshakable kingdom. He said, when that really registers with your brain and it really registers with your emotions, then as a result of that, do two things and I'll give them to you. He said, first of all, let us be thankful, become a grateful person become a grateful person and then he says and then go ahead and just worship God just go ahead and worship God thank God for who he is for what he does i want to quickly remind us how we gained access i touched on this a moment ago but i want to come back to us uh, to it how is it that you and i gained access into this kingdom Well, the Bible is very clear about this. And again, this is one of the reasons that you and I is why the Hebrew writer is saying that we ought to be thankful. We ought to be thankful because the way that we got into the kingdom that we now belong to, a kingdom that cannot be shaken, we were able to do so because we were were extracted from the kingdom of darkness, which is actually controlled by the evil one. And, and this is a reality that, um, you know, whether you believe it or not, it does not change the fact that it's true. You and I weren't born Christians. We may have been born to Christian parents, but, but we were not born as Christians. Now, how do we know this? Do you ever have to teach your kids how to do little honorary kind of things? Do you, or do they just do that naturally, all right? Do they do that naturally? Now, this is hard for me to admit because my grandkids are perfect. Uh, my kids you know they but, but this is hard to admit uh kingly she's the two-year-old and so i'm out of the office on monday so i'm hanging out with the house just trying to spend every bit of time i can with the kids and on there going back early in the morning and so i said at one point i saw landry walking around again she's a two-year-old and she's got a pair of kitchen tongs and obviously she had slipped out of the kitchen one of the kitchen drawers when we were not looking and I just saw what she was doing with those, those tongs, and I said, Audrey, let's be sure that those tongs don't go back into the drawer, but they go into the dishwasher. And, and you say, well, why did you say that? Because she wasn't carrying any food item around whatsoever. she's carrying around a dirty sock with the kitchen tongs. <laughs> and I'm like, please don't let those go back into the drawer. Those will need to be washed. And so I've got that thought going through my mind and then I'm really not paying attention. Now, listen, listen, she's perfect in every way. But about five minutes later, she must have realized what I said. Maybe she took it as an insult. I'm just sitting there for a moment and I felt those same kitchen tongs crack me on the top of my skull (laughs) with such force. It felt like a grown-up had done it, not a two-year-old. It, it felt like she came from way, uh, you know, like somebody with an ass gonna chop. Uh, and she, I don't know how far she had to reach up, but she came down with such force. I, I'm like, I'm kidding you not. For about three minutes, I'm sitting. I know I'm not it's gonna pop up here any time at all. Now, did we have to teach her? Did anybody have to say, hey, walk over there, your pawpaw, and just crack him on the head as hard as you can with kitchen tongs? Nobody had to do that, why? She's a little sinner. It's hard for me to admit. She's a little sinner. But she's going to be saved by grace, I know. So you and I, even though we're born in remarkable families, it doesn't mean that we're Christians when we're born. We have to open up our heart. We have to become a Christian. And so God makes that possible. How does he make it possible? We're bought bought out of that kingdom of darkness. The payment was Jesus' spilled blood upon the cross after he endured unthinkable things for us, a beating, and he took all of this, a death, and he took it all in our place. And in so doing, he made it possible not only for our sins to be, think about this, not only for our sins to be forgiven, but for our sins to be forever forgotten. You think about that. There's a lot of sins that you and I have committed in our life that we'll never be able to forget. doesn't mean we're not forgiven. It just means we're not going to be able to forget them. But God chooses to forget. Could there be any greater gift than that? So as we start wrapping this talk up, I want to give you a couple of practical things to think about. And uh, uh, without, I mean, you know this without me saying it, I love being a dad. I, I really, I've, but I really, really love being a pawpaw. I mean, love being a dad, really love being a pawpaw. Now, I, I was just thinking about this, and I think this would be helpful. Let's just say, for example, that you're I, parent, you know, if you're a parent or your grandparent, that you work hard, that you save up all year long because you want to give a very, very special gift to your To your child or to your grandchild, and you're just and you're putting back and you're working and you're putting back, and you get so excited. Maybe you you went out and you just you just got so excited because you thought, you know, once I give them this accordion, they're going to be so happy. (laughs) Once I give them this hip polka music, they're going to be so well. Maybe maybe not those. Maybe but you really thought of a great great gift that you wanted to get your child or your grandchild. And let's say you were so excited and you knew that it should be something that they were interested in and the day comes, it's their birthday, it's, their Chris, it's Christmas, whatever, and you put that that gift in front of them and your child or your grandchild, they open it up and as they open it up, they just look in and they just sigh and they push it to the side and they never say things. Now, how many of you know, that's, that? that'd be a downer that, that, that would be the ultimate bummer. I mean, you just bought the, uh, the ultimate gift. Uh, by the way, I don't understand these little things, but I helped this week Kinley with a, have y'all heard of an LOL doll? That is like the most confusing thing. I mean, it's like directions to put together a a a 2017 car. I mean, I, you put it in a bowl and this bubbles away, and you open this and the ball, doll, and then you put ice and you put the baby and, and the bathing... I, I I'm like, man, you you got to have an engineering degree just to just to sort this out. But I did it, and and why? Because you know, the reality is you you like and and seeing kids in their eyes. And so you just think about whatever it is that you could buy your child or your your grandchild and you give it to them and they open it up, whatever it is. And you think they're going to be excited and they just look and push it to the side. And I wonder, what's our gratitude like these days? When God has done so much for us and God has blessed us and God has taken care of us and God has met our needs. In fact, can I just ask it in a kind of convicting way for you? When's the last time you've really taken time out of your busy schedule to just spend some real time thanking God and praising God? for what God's done in your life. You look around at your family. When's the last time you've thanked God for your family? You look at your job. You look at what God has blessed you with. You look at your house. You look at your car. You look at your health. What is it that those are not the things we put our hope in, our house, our cars, our possessions, our prestige. Those are not, but, but we look around and we just have to stop and say, you know what? God, thank you. You've been so good to me. How's your gratitude these days? I would hope that it's sky high. In fact, is thank you a consistent part of your vocabulary? I mean, do you do that in the context? Again, I told you I wanted to be real practical here at the end. Do you do that with your family? Do you just, I mean, when your family does something good for you, do you say thank you or do you say, well, they ought to do that. They're my family. Do you do that with your friends? Well, they're my friends. What about the people that serve you at restaurants or in retail stores or the dry cleaners, wherever? Uh, Are are you a person that you, you say thank you or do you like, why do I have to say thankful? I'm paying them to do it. You know, I'm tipping them to do it. Why do I have to say things? I mean, you know, when God has been so good to us in so many ways, how many of you think you could ratchet it up a little bit on the thank you side of the equation? And just find time to just family, friends, people you're coming in contact with. Thank you. Thank you. Just sort of that attitude. Instead of an attitude of, of entitlement or an, or an attitude that is never content, just to just say, Well, you know what? I'm not going to be that kind of person. So with that in mind. I want to just give you a couple of challenges as we wrap up. I want to challenge you that for the next seven days, because, I, you know, if I say for the next month or, you know, next however many weeks or next year, then that's going to get away from us. But if for the next seven days, because good habits can get start forming in a matter of days. It'll take you longer than seven days. But what if for the next seven days between now and next Sunday, you would incorporate into your daily schedule with all the running around and all the busyness you've got going on in your life, to just have some quiet time with God, some moments with God where you would express your sincere gratitude that God, when it came to what he did for us, left it all on the field. He chose not to hold anything back. You know, a false accusation. Jesus was innocent, but he said, I'll still go to the cross. Bogus trial, arrest, ridicule, beatings, crown of thorns, the cross. And this is what I've come to understand. That gratitude and worship are inextricably linked together. And when you feel gratitude for something, in the case, this case, God, it makes you just want to worship God. A God who has brought us out of a kingdom of darkness into now a kingdom that cannot be shaken, a kingdom that cannot be wrought also try to weave into your conversation the words thank you as much as possible this week talk to you in the context of people that we we come in contact with and a lot of times it's the same people because you probably go to the same stores and you probably go to the same restaurants you probably frequent the same businesses you're certainly in in the context of the same family and friends and why don't you just say hey you know in addition to saying thank you and expressing gratitude to God for all that he's done for me why don't you just say you know what I could probably get better at this and so for the next seven days, I'm going to find a way, starting this afternoon, to just when something happens, to just say thank you, to not be presumptuous, to not just expect it, to not just say, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the, the typical unpleasable parent that no matter what you do can ever be pleased. But you'll just be like, hey, thank you. Thank you. And then one other matter that we can and should do before we leave this place today, ask yourself, Am I building my life? Is the foundation of my life wrapped around anything that can be shaken? You see, and I wish I had more time to talk about this, but I want to wrap up because I want to pray for us at the end. And some of you, you know what? You have wrapped your life around your whole career. That if your career was pulled out from underneath you, it would wreck everything about you. You know why? Your career is the foundation of your life. Does that make sense? Everybody's still okay? Wave at me if you're still okay. But that's, that's your foundation, your career, your vocation. That's your foundation. So let that be, I mean, you just be wrecked. Right. Your possessions because a lot of times we get sucked into this whole mentality that we see commercialized all the time, that if you have this and you buy this and you get this, these are the, going to be the things that you're going to be happy. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever bought something that you just thought, if I buy that, that will make me happy, and you bought it, and you were exceedingly happy for 48 hours? And you say, well, obviously that's that's, but you say, well, you know, what if, what if that's the foundation of your life? You see, everything is shakable. What is it about your life? Your possessions, your prestige, your power, a position that you hold? Is that what you really want to be the foundation of your life? I don't think so. Because if any of that ever gets wrought, you, you're going to be in a world of trouble. But if you say, you know what? No matter how it happens, my hope is in God. I trust in God and let this be removed and let this be taken away, but God will still be God and God will still be faithful and I am still a part of a kingdom that can never be shaken no matter whatever happens in my life. Can I tell you the truth? Maybe you haven't thought about this lately, but not only is this world so shakable, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that at the end of the time, even the earth itself is going to get rocked. You say, really? You believe that? I believe it with all my heart. Look at what the scriptures say. One more verse, and then we're gonna wrap up. Second Peter 3:10 says, But the day of the Lord will come, the day of the Lord, when God comes back, when Christ comes back, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The skies will disappear with a loud noise. Everything in them will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be burned up. You see, way back in Genesis, the Bible tells us about a time when the earth was destroyed by water. That's not going to happen again. It's not going to happen again. And in fact, you read, you know, you've seen it in the scriptures that God even positions a rainbow. Every time, still to this day, I see a rainbow. It becomes a promise to God that God's not going to destroy the earth. But one day the earth is going to be destroyed by fire. Everything that we know as it is is going to be consumed and burned up. And if our hope is only in this world, we're going to be in big trouble. But if we say, you know what? That is not where my hope is. You know, I'm in the world for his time, and I hope it's a long time. You know, I hope, you know, you're probably thinking to be 80, to be 90, like my friend Jack back here, 95 years of age. You hope to live a full, long life, and that's great. But listen, in comparison with eternity, even if you live to be 123, that is nothing. And you just keep in mind, there's only one thing that you could ever be a part of that cannot be rocked. And the writer of Hebrews says, you belong to an unshakable kingdom. Here's how we're going to end this day. And it will only take us a moment. I mentioned a few moments ago, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're going through in your business, your finances, your career, your health, relationship, your emotions. I don't don't know what you're going through. But I know that generally speaking, we're always going through something. Sometimes it's big and sometimes it's small. But there's a lot of you that, you know, you feel a little bit of maybe it's even low-grade anxiety right now because of some stuff. Maybe you even brought it into the service today and you're like, man, this was for me because I was just thinking, wow, this seems so out of control. It seems like floor's falling out. It just seems like things are spinning and I, I've got to find my equilibrium here. And I just want to pray for you. I know God wants me to do this. I felt it early in the week. God's saying, hey, Jeff, you don't end that service until you pray for people. Give, give them an opportunity to stand and you pray for them right there where they're at. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you need special prayer, if you just feel like there's some area of your life being rocked, I'm going to ask you real quick, to stand to your feet. You don't have to be embarrassed. It happens to us all. There's so many times, so many weeks I could stand and go ahead. You know, a lot of times we wait for somebody else so others have stand, so you can go ahead and stand with them. So you just stand up, right, wherever you are, whatever area of your life it's in. You just feel like, man, I'm being rocked. And then and then I want us to do this because there's a lot of people standing. You keep standing if you've got a need. Don't, don't miss out on this. Don't miss out on what God wants to do in your life right here, right now. And then here's what I want the rest of us to do. I want you to now, from where you're seated, I want you to look and I want you to find somebody. I want you to find somebody that is standing and I want you to get up right now and I want you to go over and I want you to be a friend. And I want you to be a prayer partner with them and I want you to get up. Let's do it real quickly. Get up and go over and stand right beside them and just put your hand up on their shoulder. And so while I'm praying for them, you can be whispering a prayer for them as well. So I want us to be sure right down, right down here, Bill, can you help me right down here, right, right here with Craig? That'd be great. Others right over here. All right, I want to be sure I'm just looking around because I don't want anybody to have to stand by yourself. All right? Right back over in here, just look around. If you see anybody, anybody standing by yourself, you go to them, it's for you to do. All right? So you go to them right now, right now. All right? all of us have needs. I stand here, I've got needs in my life and you've got needs in your life and we're gonna pray and we're gonna ask God to help us. And Father, right now, we need your strength. We need your help. I pray for every person that had the courage to stand. God, I thank you for that. All it is an admission that all of us have, there's something that we need your help in. There's some part of our life that God, we just need some wisdom on, some clarity on. There's some part of our life that we just feel like it's a little bit out of control right now, and we need your help, and we need your strength, we need your grace. And I just pray over every person, God. So many people who stood a moment ago, and you know what their need is. I don't know. It may be in their health, it may be in their job, it may be in a relationship of some sort, God. It may be in a big decision that they've got to make. But God, it's in some area of their life, and I know that you want to help them, and I know that you care about them. I know that that you love them. And God, I thank you that for all of us who know and love you, that we belong to a kingdom that your word says can never be shaken. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Now let's everybody stand. Can we do this? And I don't often ask you to do it. I want you to do it on your own, but I'm going to ask you to do it this morning. Would you just lift up your hand? If you're not a Christian yet, you don't have to do this. But if you're a Christian, I want you to just lift up your hands like this and let's get started and say, God, thank you. Lord, you've been so good to me. Whatever. Whatever it is in your life. Just say, God, thank you. You've been so good. You've blessed my life. You've helped me. Lord, you've given me strength. Look at where I live. Look at what I wear. Look at where where I, I'm able to go to church. Look at the food that I eat. Look at the friends that I have. Look at the family that I have. Look at the job that I have. Look at how I am blessed, God. And I want to just thank you for it. You've been so good to me, God. You've blessed me way beyond anything that I deserve. And just right there where you're at, just let them know, God, thank you. And I don't, I don't want to take anything for granted. I don't want to take you for granted. I don't want to take your kingdom for granted. I am so blessed. I am so blessed. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. How many of you are glad you came to church today? I sure am glad that I came. Let's bless the Lord. We praise you, Father. You are so good to us. You are so good to us. I hope you have an awesome week. Let's thank God. Let's thank people everywhere we go. You belong to something that can never be wrought. I love you. I'll see you right back here next Sunday.